Thanks, Justin. Gosh, Justin, you, I just really appreciate you sharing your story with us. I appreciate the way that you serve our middle schoolers and just um, exude love and character and faithfulness to them. So thank you for sharing your story and being a part of our morning this morning. Welcome everybody to Burn Covenant again. My name is Ben Kearns. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we're just making our way through this Romans 5 passage. And we thought we glory in our suffering because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And, um, and so this morning, we're going to transition from what is perseverance actually creates and, and produces character. But before I jump into my sermon, I wanted to invite the Stark family uh, to share a little bit because perseverance produces character and character is a, is a tested character. It's a proven character. And so they're going to do a little object lesson. I'm going to make their boys have a little character test in front of all of you. And hopefully we don't scar them for their whole lives. All right, Jake, tell us what you're going to do with these boys. So guys, I have these cookies here for you. And right now, I'm going to set one cookie on your napkin. But you have to listen to Pastor Ben do his sermon. And if you don't eat that one cookie, you get a second cookie when he checks in with us. Okay? Okay. 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 But if you eat the cookie, you don't get the second one. second cookie. There. Here you go. Can you leave it there until he's done talking? Yeah. Logan's not making it for sure. <laughs> Can't resist the double step. Okay. Okay. So, boys, you're going to hold on to those cookies. Logan looks like you're already getting after it. But if you can make it through most of my sermon, you're going to get a second cookie, okay? And the reason why they're doing this is because perseverance uh, produces character, but it's this test. And I don't know about you, but are any of you good test takers? It seems like everybody I talk to says, Oh, I'm not a good test taker. I'm not a good test taker. I get so nervous. And I know for me, I would always said, I am not a good test taker. But the more I reflected on it, I realized I'm not a good test taker because I'm not really that prepared for the test that I'm asked to take. I spend all my energy trying to find the most minimal amount of effort that I can accomplish so I can pass the class, which means every test is like a sweat fest. It's like, am I going to be able to do this? But one time in my entire life, I crushed it. Um, I took music theory my very first year in college, and uh, I walked into the class, I looked at the syllabus, and I looked at all the things we were supposed to know by the end of the semester, and I knew every single one, every single thing. And so I actually used that class as an opportunity to sleep for the whole semester. And I remember walking into both my midterm and my final being like, let's do this thing. I confidently wrote down all the answers to the test, turned it in my professor who didn't recognize me because I never was there. I said, here's your answer key. And I walked away one time in my whole life. But I think most of us are kind of how we live, how I live most of my life, which is we don't like tests. We don't want to prove what we really know because we're kind of unsure about that. And character is this testing. It's a, it's a proven thing. The Greek word is dokima. And, and, uh, and what that means, it's a, it's a proven character. So does, character doesn't mean you're virtuous necessarily. You can have good character or you can have bad character. The biblical understanding of this perseverance produces character is that it's this tested character. It's a proven character that has integrity. It's a Christian character. And when we experience suffering and trials, this passage is specifically about suffering and, and experiencing trials in our faith, but when we experience suffering in any time, in any way, how we navigate that actually proves what sort of character we have. And so we glory in our sufferings because those sufferings produce perseverance. And that is perseverance. It tests on us and it reveals our character. 
And what's interesting is character is anti-fragile. And I don't know if you've ever heard this term before, anti-fragile. Fragile is like a glass. When you drop a glass, it breaks, right? Um, so glass is not, uh, is fragile. Um, if you have a plastic cup and you drop it, it's resilient. But the more you drop it, it actually loses strength over time. But bones are actually anti-fragile. Our bones inside our body are anti-fragile, which means the more stress, the more they're tested, the more weight that is put on them, our bones actually get stronger and stronger and stronger. When astronauts go uh, into space, what happens is over the course of time, because there's no gravity, their bones actually lose density, right? They, they have there's a certain amount of density because of gravity. And then the longer they're in space, their bone density gets less and less and less. And, they have, and they're trying to find ways to, to sustain that, ways to keep that building. And especially as they think about, man, they want to go to Mars or have long distance space travel, but they haven't figured out how to solve this bone density problem. And, the, and our character is the same way. Our character actually gets stronger the more it's tested. The more that we have things press on us and push on us reveals our character and also makes us stronger. Our character is anti-fragile. Is anti now, what I think is really challenging is that we actually live in a whole culture that is totally failing um, in culture. Like as a whole culture, we've just lived in orbit for, almost, for generations. For as long as I've been alive, we've gotten away with just getting to say and do whatever we want and haven't really culturally had to experience a lot of pain and suffering. Individually, we all do for sure, but culturally, we seem to have just gotten away um, with the bare minimum. And now we're starting to see our culture kind of crumble under the weight. It's like our whole culture been, has been in space, has been in orbit for so long that now that there's gravity, now that there's stress being placed on it, what's happening is we're crumbling. We see this in our politics. We see this in all of our institutions and like the criminal justice system. We see, it, um, we see it at work and at school. We see it in our own lives. And most of us love pointing out there, pointing out there going, oh, look at all those people who are failing. But we're part of that culture. We are crumbling under the weight. I think of my, my poor son, he's taking uh, Spanish right now and while he's being sheltered in place and hopefully his Spanish teacher doesn't come to our church, but maybe he does, but his Spanish teacher is giving him one worksheet a week, one worksheet a week, and he loves it. It's the easiest class on the planet. The bummer is next year, he's going to have to go to Spanish too. And so right now he's loving the A, he's loving the easy class, he's loving that he doesn't have to work or study or memorize. And then next year he's going to show up at Spanish too and he's gonna realize that his bones are fragile. And so when we talk about character, when we talk about perseverance produces character, we need to examine what God is doing in our life. We need to look at our character and see the testing as simply revealing how we're doing. I love this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. And if you downloaded the PDF that we mailed out, it's on there. If not, you can turn your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. It says this, in all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Again, there's something about suffering and grief and trials and testing. You've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven, they, these have come so that the proven genuous, uh, genuineness of your faith which is of greater worth than gold, which per perishes even though refined by fire, may result in the praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You see, character 
matters and care and having character of substance, it really matters. But as Christians, what we're talking about is our Christian character. And our Christian character is what is being formed in the fire. I love it. It says, and our faith is worth greater than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire. I remember when I was in college, one of, one of my favorite worship songs, which I just don't think would fly today, was a song called Refiner's Fire. And the picture was this, that you're singing to God that you long to be holy. You long to be made like God. And then you're like saying, so refine me. But refining is like the most brutal process. It is this extreme heat, this extreme testing where every impurity rises to the top and the refiner scoops up all those impurities and throws them away. And I just, I kind of laugh a little bit because I think of myself in college begging God to refine me, not knowing what that really means. And thankfully, God mostly has been pretty generous and gracious to me as he's been refining me and revealing the impurities in me. There's been seasons where it has not been so pretty as well. But this is the picture that we have in scripture that we, our faith is worth more than gold. And for gold to be of such worth, it has to go through the fire. It has to be refined and all those impurities have to be washed away. And we have to be people who are willing to come before God and say, God, here is my faith. We glory in our sufferings because our sufferings are the heat that, that, that God puts on us that reveals our impurities. And if we can stay in it, the perseverance, staying in it, not giving up, not turning off the heat and going away, staying in it allows our character, the proven character, our tested character, to be fully, fully formed. And there's pictures all over scripture about this, but Paul says something like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where he says that we have this faith that's built on this incredible foundation. And then whatever we do in our faith, right, if we do things that are from God, is we, we're building this house of gold and rubies and, and, and precious gems, or if we build on this faith just the, the things that we want out of our own selfish life, at some point, the true refining is going to happen. The true heat is going to come. And everything that is in us that is not from God or for his glory just gets wiped away. It says, ah, but we make it, whew, but just barely, you know, as, and the, the foundation is all that's left because of the grace of God. And what's, what's really I'm finding challenging as I've been wrestling with this all week is, is there's absolutely no incentive in our culture to have character. There's nowhere in our culture that says, if you do the right thing, you're going to be benefit and you're going to be blessed because of it. It seems to be that people that have the, less, the least amount of character are the ones who are blessed, are the ones who make money, are the ones who stay in power. And so to, to, to actually be willing to sacrifice the momentary pain for that seems there's, there's no benefit. But we are not of this world. We are called by God to be daughters and sons of this invisible kingdom, the kingdom of God, that's slowly making its way on earth as it is in heaven. And so while there's no incentive for us to have character in the world that we live in, the truth is having character is vital for the survival of the church and for the breaking in of the kingdom. You see, character is what compels us to be more like Christ. In our own lives, we wanna be the king and if we don't want to just be the king, we want to be like James and John, and we want to sit on the right hand of the Father. We want to be the, like Jesus' best friend. We want to be his number one or number two guy. But Jesus over and over again paints the picture of what it means to be people who have Christian character. Right? We're people who 
like I, like I prayed when I was in college, that I would be holy, that my inner life would match my true life, right? When Jesus looks at me through the prism of Christ, he sees his precious son. He sees you as precious daughter made in his image. All the gifts, all the blessings, all the talents, this all the best that God longs for you to be. That's who God sees when he sees you through Christ. And the process of sanctification, the, the process of having our character become more like him is our inner life matches our outer life. So we long for holiness. We long for righteousness in our day-to-day choices that we make internally in our thought life and in our families. It's the way we live our life out in the world and the way we interact with others, the way we care and see the unseen, right? We long to be holy and righteous people. We long to be selfish, I mean, self, selfless, excuse me, and full of mercy. And listen, we want justice. We want retribution. We want righteous anger all the time. But when we look at Jesus, when we model Jesus, who deserved to be righteously angry and throw his fists and point fingers at everybody, he extended mercy and grace to all of us. And we forgive the way that Christ has forgiven you. And so if we want our character to match that of Christ, then we also need it to match the image of Christ that is revealed in Scripture. And I wish that Christ was this conquering king, and he will be one day, but the picture that we have for now is that he's actually a suffering servant, that Jesus compels us to pick up our cross. He's not asking us to do anything that he didn't do, that we pick up our cross and we follow him. This last week, um, I went on a hike on Mount Perdell with a friend of mine who is one of the most devout Catholic men I've ever known. And I don't know a lot of Catholic, Catholic, devout Catholic men. And he said, I really want to do this rosary hike with you. And I said, I've never done a rosary hike, so let's do this thing. And so we start walking six feet apart, and he hands me the rosary, which I've actually never touched before. I, didn't, I had no idea what, what it was. And we're going through the, the, the prayers and the rosary. Um, but part of his devotional life is there's a spot in the rosary where you tell the story of Christ. There's different mysteries that you tell. And this last week, the mysteries that we happened to go through were the suffering mysteries. And so every break in the rosary, he started recounting the sufferings of Christ. And near the end, he was just like, oh my goodness, if Christ suffered all of those things for us, then maybe we can embrace suffering a little bit more. And I was just looking at this guy like I had no idea, like to, to get an inner picture into this guy's life and faith was such a gift to me. And so character compels us to be more like Christ, like Christ, which means we need to put on and become more and more a suffering servant. We pick up our cross and we follow. I think we've done a really good job at blasting out with our mouth how good God is, how good it is to be a Christian. All of Romans 5 is those, right? It's we've been justified through faith. We have peace with God. There's grace in which we now stand. Those are all incredible things. But if we want the world to truly take notice of these incredible things, then it's our character that matters. And it may not matter in the moment, but it's our character tested, our proven character day in, day out, when we are people of integrity who humbly follow Christ in season and out of season, when we live righteously and holy, when we extend grace and mercy, when we're quick to ask for forgiveness and to extend forgiveness, 
Those are the things that extend the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Now, before I wrap up my sermon, I wanted to check back in with the Starks, who, I'm not going to lie, looks like they crushed it. So if I'd encourage you, click on speaker view so you can get a full picture. Jake, how do these boys do? I'm, I'm shocked. They must be their mom's kids because I want to devour the cookie. But only Logan touched a little bit, licked a little bit of the cream. Everybody else, besides smashing it, and you know, everybody tried a different strategy, moved it away, kept it close, melted. But all the cookies survived. Well, you guys live it up. You should have two or three. Parents aren't looking to have even more. Just get after those cookies. Nice job, you guys. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, boys. Well, I'm not going to lie. That did not quite go how I expected. When I said, hey, who's not going to pass the character test? I, I, thought, I thought Wes and Logan were going to struggle, and those guys crushed. And uh, so, Starks, Jill, your parenting is, uh, is superb. Whoop, whoop. Nice job. Um, and so this next point, it's not going to be for them, but might be for you or it might be for me. If you see, what I realize is this whole week in the last two weeks that I knew I was going to preach, be preaching on character, I went back, okay, God, you need to have your way with me. How is my inner life? How am I being tested? How am I living through this moment? And, um, and so for me, I had to ask this question and I wanted to extend it to you, but how do you live the day after falling down? Because the, the deal is we are invited to run this incredible race, this incredible race of faith. And we desire to be holy people and to be noble people. But being sheltered in place, I think just being human in general, there are so many pressures on us that cause us to crumble and it causes us to fail. And having to preach a sermon on character with my family downstairs knowing my struggles is humbling, to say the least. And so the question is, how do you live the day after falling down? There's this book by John Acuff. That he, um, the book is called Finish. And it's great. It's about basically procrastinators and people who start things but never finish. And, uh, and what happens is people who start new projects or new goals, or I'm going to lose this much weight, or I'm going to write this much in a book, or I'm going to do this goal. We have these great goals. We run really hard, and then we fall down. And he says this, the day after perfect is what separates finishers from starters. You see, all of us are imperfect people. All of us fall and crash and burn. All of us are going to fail. But what do you do the day after? What you do the day after is what separates finishers from starters. What you do the day after purpose, I mean perfect, is what separates noble, godly people from people whose bones and character are atrophying. So here's just three quick things that I'd encourage you to consider if you want to make a recommitment to grow in your character. Because to grow in character is a commitment. To be willing to stay in the refining bowl, it takes effort and is a commitment. So these are the three things. One, to embrace the grace and peace that God extends. This passage is in the beginning of Romans 5. We've been justified by, through faith. We have peace with God. There's grace in which we stand. God is extending grace and mercy and love and shalom to you and to me. And so when we crash and burn, we don't need to like lay on the ground and beat ourselves up and moan and wail and throw in the towel. 
but we embrace the grace and mercy of God. And then the second thing is we get back up. That thing from falling down to getting back up takes so much effort, but we get back up. And what I love about the picture of the race is when we get back up, it's not like in a real race when you get back up and you see all the runners have taken off past you. No, what happens is when you get back up, you're back at the front of the race, running with the pack. And so the third thing is, after you embrace the grace of God and after you get back up, to re-tether yourself to Christ, to redo the things that you know that develop your faith and that deepen your character. So memorize scripture, pray, journal, serve, worship. Those are all things that Christians have done forever and ever. And we're going to end this time uh, by singing one of my most favorite hymns. This is a hymn, these, this is a poem that Christians, that have mattered to Christians for so long, hundreds and hundreds of years. The middle verse says this, Riches I heed not, nor vain empty praise, but thou mine inheritance is now and always. It's thou and thou only first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure thou art. Let this song wash over us as we finish up our time together.